What a weekend. I think it lived up to the hype. And that's hard to do, actually. But I'm pretty sure it lived up to the hype. If for no other reason than we got to see Kirk Cousins attempting to dance shirtless with a bunch of bling around his neck. <laughs> that alone was my entertainment quota for the weekend and there was so much more actually the vikings they do a great job entertaining the peeps did you see their celebration after a big touchdown on sunday if you haven't seen it it's on my twitter i'm not going to give it away but it was masterfully executed and it was taken from another sport So we've got a lot to get to. And no, we're not going to start with the Vikings, but they were entertaining me. And I am really impressed with the Vikings at their 7-1 and record. Are you kidding me? Meanwhile, the rest of the NFC North is going the wrong way. We should give credit to the Lions for a big divisional battle and a huge win over the Packers. Any win for Dan Campbell is certainly a huge win, but this one against the Packers protecting their home field, massive. And what it does is allow the Vikings even more room to pull away in the NFC North. We've got so much juicy, delicious, tasty, wild, wacky, wonderful football and a World Series champion. You can hate the Astros forever. But they weren't cheating in this World Series. And man, what a phenomenal performance from Jeremy Pena. Not to mention Dusty Baker. A ring. Joy. Party, he said. The way that his teammates and really the entire baseball world celebrated Dusty. 50 years in baseball. He's a lifer. As a player, as a coach, as a manager, He was passed over for the Phillies job when it went to Joe Girardi. Not that long after, as he was soaking up that disappointment, the Astros called and said, hey, we've got a job for you. If you don't mind being the man to come in and clean up this mess. A few years later, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, haha. Yeah, it's not going to happen for Houston. World Series champions. And there goes the perfect show. I knew it. You knew it. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend. We are live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. 30 minutes from now, we head to Arrowhead Stadium, and we will catch up with a member of the Chiefs, Radio Network, Josh Klingler, took over as the sideline reporter a couple seasons ago, and no doubt he had a phenomenal perspective. I mean, up close and personal in what was a down and dirty battle that featured a roller coaster ride over the final quarter and the overtime. Excited to talk about Tennessee and Kansas City. That was the game that you all picked as the after-hours game of the week. And it just so happens we will be starting with that game on this edition of the show. But I got to tell you, Titans Chiefs earned roughly 36 37% of your vote, if we're counting the margin of error. Bills and Jets, just behind at 34% of your vote. Bills and Jets also did not disappoint. 
Here we are, Sunday week nine. We've got one game left, and we will officially be past the midway point. We'll be at the midway point of the NFL season. Now, some teams have played more than their half. Well, you can't really split a game in half, but you know what I'm saying. Some teams have, in fact, played nine games, which means they're past their midway point. But in terms of the season, it goes 18 weeks. Once we get through Monday Night Football, that's halfway. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio, our show Twitter with all of our polls. That includes miserable, mortified on Monday. Oh, hello, Aaron Rodgers. Right on cue, as I say, that Aaron Rodgers shows up on NFL Network right in front of my face. Yep, Packers are stuck in a miserable, mortified Monday cycle. Actually, miserable, mortified, and morbid. Potentially deadly Packers cycle. So, yes, expect Green Bay to be in the poll We nearly had the Buccaneers in that poll again, but man, did we finally see vintage Tom Brady. It's the first time in a long time. If you all did not catch the sideline celebration after the Buccaneers' late touchdown, the relief, the joy, the humongous hugs on the sideline, they all speak volumes, and they paint the perfect picture in the wake of that Buccaneers win over the defending Super Bowl champions. And those are just a few of the storylines. So on Twitter, on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, we're glad to have you with us on a Sunday night into a Monday morning. This makes the manic Monday a little easier to take when you get to look back at all the football. We had two humongous top 10 matchups inside the SEC and the ACC, they were rocking this weekend. LSU, Alabama, that was in Death Valley under the lights on Saturday night going head-to-head with the World Series. And then, of course, Tennessee and Georgia. And so, yeah, SEC, but then some big ACC matchups too and uh, expect some jostling among the college football playoff rankings when they're revealed and released and unveiled and shown to us the paying public. (laughs) coming up on Tuesday. All right, deep breath. Do I need to do some yoga breathing? As Aaron Rodgers calls it, box breathing. Why is he all over all of my televisions right now? For heaven's sakes, it was awful. The Packers offense, once again, awful. But we'll get to him, and you can hear from him for yourself. First, we're gonna gonna start. Now, because he said it, I refuse to do it. Uh, First, we're going to start in Kansas City. A battle of two of the top teams in the AFC. And initially, looked like the Chiefs were going to make quick work of the Titans without Ryan Tannehill. The rookie Malik Willis starting again in place of the veteran Tannehill, who has an ankle injury. And so right away, Chiefs, they keep the first ball, first possession for nearly nine minutes. They get nine points on their first two drives. I don't know what's going on with Harrison Butker. I guess we'll answer that question at some point if we can with our guests. But, yeah, they were off to the races right away. Where it'll be third and officially six yards to go. Mahomes will line up in the shotgun. He's got two receivers to the left. Juju Smith-Schuster is in the slot. 
Two receivers right. Kelsey in the slot to that side. Here's the snap. Mahomes back. Swings it out right side. Caught by McCole Hartman. Steps around a defender. Scampers into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. McCole Hartman is fourth touchdown in the last two weeks. And it gives the Chiefs a 9-0 lead here in the second quarter. That was a 9-0 lead because there was the missed point after attempt. And Miko Hardman and Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster and Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Patrick Mahomes, all of the normal characters involved early on. But you knew as soon as Tennessee had the opportunity to settle in and go heavy run, that's exactly what the Titans would do. So maybe it was a bit of a slow start for Tennessee, but... Derrick Henry is as close to unstoppable in this league as you can be. Derrick Henry, who everyone knows is getting the ball. He's like a Cooper Cup. You can know the ball's going to him, but it's really hard to bring that man down. And Tennessee made no point of hiding it or disguising it. They don't have to worry about motion. You know, Andy Reid, he loves to, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. they love to run all these crossing patterns and pre-snap motions and send guys in every different direction. They like to fool teams and fool defenses with their funky formations. Ooh, I like that. Hashtag funky formations. Tennessee doesn't care if you know what's happening. They don't care if there's no balance between the pass and the run. Now, with Ryan Tannehill, there would have been. But with the rookie quarterback who's not quite ready to go, they're all Derrick Henry all the time. Willis motions out to the right. Henry's going to take the Wildcats snap, clapping his hands. He's got it running right, finds a seam, picks up the first down, and picks up the touchdown. Henry is into the end zone. There's a penalty flag that was thrown on the far side. There is no foul on the play. Ruling the field is a touchdown. Derrick Henry with a four-yard touchdown run, and the Titans are on the board with 10.48 to go in the first half. It's 9-6 Kansas City. Willis will go wide to the right. Direct snap. Henry on the right side into the end zone. Touchdown, Titans. The King has number 76. Derrick Henry. 17 carries, 115 yards, and two touchdowns. Strangely enough, late in the game, did you all see he was sitting on the sidelines? It's kind of odd, right? Because even if you think Tennessee is in a passing situation, and certainly they were trying to move up and down the field, you don't want Malik Willis throwing the football a lot, and he's just not ready against the pressure, in pressure pack situations. That's not the bread and butter for the Tennessee Titans. Now, again, if it's Tannehill, maybe we're talking a different story. But it certainly seemed like Henry was on the bench a bunch in the fourth quarter. Ryan Radke on Westwood One and Mike Keith on Titans Radio. There was an interception by Patrick Mahomes that leads to a field goal for Tennessee. And the Titans are up 17-9 in the second half in this game. And then more Harrison Butker problems. Hashtag adventures in kicking. He misses a field goal. And this was a bit stunning. The Chiefs have a scoreless third quarter at home. Sometimes they start slow. And we see other teams build a double-figure lead. In fact, that almost seems like a joke at Arrowhead Stadium. You go into Arrowhead. We spot you a 10-point lead. And then we decide, okay, we're, we're done fooling around. But that wasn't the case in this game. They really struggled against the defensive line. 
they really couldn't run the ball. And and by they, I mean the Chiefs. Kansas City, I wouldn't say they gave up on the run, but it obviously wasn't working against that Titans defensive front. And so they became almost the complete opposite of the Titans. It was two split personalities. Titans want to go heavy run Derrick Henry as long as they could, did. Meanwhile, the Chiefs were chucking and ducking. If you watch the game, maybe you recognized Mahomes was, well, he was gassed, number one. Number two, he set a career high in passing attempts. And this, even though into the fourth quarter, they still have just nine points. The stats do not tell the story in this one. It's pretty astounding the number of yards that the Chiefs racked up. But still, late in the game, didn't even have 10 points. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. But just like we got to see vintage Tom Brady late in the Buccaneers game against the Rams, Patrick Mahomes will do whatever it takes to win. And you had to know that it was coming. So a fourth quarter drive, they're facing a third and 17. Here's the snap. Mahomes is back to pass. Mahomes under pressure again. Rolling out to his right. Takes a peek behind him. Mahomes looking. Now will run 35. Cuts left 40. Out to the 45. Still on his feet. 50. He has the first down. Patrick Mahomes is dropped at midfield. On third and 17, Mahomes picks up 19. (laughs) Christian Fulton on the stop. What a big play by the KC quarterback. Of course he does. Every time Tennessee thought they had that guy corralled, he just found another opening. Mahomes magic. Or he created one. Oh, yeah, I couldn't help it. Mitch Holtis with the Mahomes magic, and it was dazzling. That was my tweet, actually, watching that run. Third and 17. You don't expect the quarterback, who honestly isn't fast. (laughs) Do you know there was, oh, I got to find the Twitter account. It was so funny. Uh, It was an NFL account. But but kind of a, I mean, it was being tongue-in-cheek, of course. I have to find it. They call it his power walk. <laughs> Mahomes with the power walk. And it really is deceptive speed. What works for Patrick is the angles. He uses the angles. He stops on a dime. He can reverse direction. He keeps his head up. And he processes the field the whole time. It reminds me of a point guard. Honestly, it reminds me a little bit of Steph Curry. Now, Steph's a little more agile because he's a lot smaller, and he's more fleet of foot. But how often do you see a top-flight point guard in the NBA weaving their way through traffic like this? Maybe they're facing full-court pressure. But the principles are the same. He's working the angles. He can turn and change directions on a dime. He keeps his head up so he can see what's happening on the field ahead of him. And then as the holes, the seams, the lanes open up, he's processing and he starts to move. And when he tucks the ball in and he goes for it, well, then he picks up a little bit of speed. (laughs) It's so much fun to watch this guy work because honestly, you never know what you're going to get. Third and nine from the 14. Mahomes waits, takes the snap, back to pass, looking left, steps up in the pocket, moving to his right, room to run across the 10. Mahomes to the five, breaks a tackle, into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Pat 
Patrick Mahomes with a 14-yard touchdown run. And the Chiefs have life. Down by just two with 2.56 to go. So from the one now, another try for two. Single receiver left, two receivers right. Mahomes in the gun, McKinnon to his right. Hardman in motion from the right. Here's the snap. Mahomes back to pass. Looking, moving left. Mahomes going to try to run again. He's in. Two-point conversion to tie the game. Patrick Mahomes racing out to the left. Converts, and we're knotted up. 17 apiece with 2.56 to go. Wow. Over the course of this game, six runs. I wouldn't call them designed runs for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Although that is the design for him in the offense to create, to be creative. Six runs for 63 yards and the touchdown. And it didn't work the first time. It didn't work the second time. There were flags. But on the third time, third time was a charm, the two-point conversion. And if you're watching, you see Mahomes run into the corner. So he just, just slips inside the pylon. He keeps going. His momentum carries him into the corner. He slams the football against one of those large pads that surrounds the lower level of the stadium. And then a couple of fans reach over and just start smacking him up and down on the on the shoulder pads. He's fired up. He gives you the flex. And this was vintage Patrick Mahomes drive. Ryan Radke on Westwood one. Now they did go into overtime and it was a coin flip won by Chris Jones and the Chiefs. Now, the Titans had the chance to pick it. So the Titans picked Tails and and Chris just had to stand there. But his celebration just at them winning the coin flip was amazing. I love the atmosphere at Arrowhead Stadium and I love how tough the defense was in this game as well. It wasn't just Patrick Mahomes. In fact, for a good portion of this game, it wasn't the offense at all. (laughs) In overtime, a 13-play, six-minute drive. I love that Andy Reid goes for it on fourth down. It was already a relatively short field goal for Harrison Butker, but you know the rules in overtime. Actually, many of you probably don't know the rules in overtime. I don't know the rules in overtime half the time. That's why they still say them out loud when they're standing at midfield before the coin flip. So they go for it on fourth and one, even though it's likely a chip shot for Harrison Butker. They get a little bit closer for their kicker. Harrison Butker on for a 28-yard attempt. He missed an extra point earlier tonight. Also missed from 47. Made one from 23. Here's the snap ball down. Kick is up, and this one is drilled down the middle and good. So Butker good from 28, and the Chiefs have taken an overtime lead. 4.04 to go in the extra period. Kansas City 20, Tennessee 17. After another huge defensive stop, and by that time, the defense is running downhill. They have so much momentum. No chance, not a snowball's chance in Hades. They were going to let this one get away after how hard they worked for it. So they end up getting that victory. It's a battle. It's a knockdown drag out. But isn't that exactly what you would expect with the Tennessee Titans? To be able to rally, I think, shows their character, shows that they can beat you a variety of ways. And that's what impresses me about the best teams in the league. They can, like chameleons, morph into a different version of themselves, a different color. They can show you a variety of looks and colors. And the Chiefs, once again, tied for best record in the AFC with the Buffalo Bills. But they're not the only teams with six wins. The Jets and the Dolphins also have six wins. Oh, man. The AFC East 
and the NFC East are the best divisions in football, but the Chiefs are still one of the best teams in the league. Coming up, we'll hear from a very sore Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Mike Vrabel, too. Probably anxious to get his veteran quarterback on the field yet again. Chiefs move to 6-2. and two, Titans fall to 5-3, and three, though still the only team in the South Division with a winning record. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll head to Arrowhead Stadium to speak with Josh Klingler from the Chiefs Radio Network. We're just getting started After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. So it all comes down to this. Fourth and 26 from the nine. Willis in the gun, three receivers right, single man left. Henry is in the game, a wing to the left. Willis back to pass, looks, throws right side, knocked away, incomplete. The ball game is over. The Kansas City Chiefs have won 20-17 to in overtime. Legereus Sneed knocked down the desperation pass, and the Chiefs have won. Tennessee's five-game winning streak is over. Let's go! That's the Chiefs win, baby. That's the win. Through adversity, we continue to fight. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, baby. Let's go! This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Chris Jones, not only out there for the winning coin flip, but certainly in the middle of a whole bunch of consternation for Malik Willis and the Titans offense. The final call of the game, so much pressure. A couple of sacks there on that last possession to corral Malik Willis. Kansas City was moving downhill at that point, and the rookie was befuddled. Ryan Radke on Westwood One. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. And again, we will talk to Josh Klingler from the Chiefs Radio Network, sideline reporter. He will join us in just a few minutes from Arrowhead Stadium. On Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page, you can always connect with us over football and pretty much everything else. Patrick Mahomes, 43 of 68. What? For 446 yards, a touchdown, an interception. He does get sacked four times. So, yeah, this one was well-earned. It was a battle. Um, I, already, I already texted Bobby, uh, screwed my trainer, said I'm not coming in tomorrow. So, uh, no, it's a, it's a battle. Um, you know, going into this game against this team, it's always going to be a battle. It's going to be a fight. Um, and I'm proud of the way our guys responded um, and uh, made it happen there in that second half because uh, for a time, like I said, for a time there, it looked bad. And so uh, you got to win games different ways in this league. Um, and I'm glad our defense stepped up and made the plays that they play because we're going to need them uh, as the season goes on and, and to keep us in games and give us chances. We were bringing it, bringing it, bringing it, and uh, they tuned it up the whole second half, and I thought really did a nice job. And then offensively, the guys battled, and, uh, you know, we're fortunate to have Pat and, and Kels, and uh, that continuity between those two is something that I mean, amazes me every time I have a chance to watch that. So, um, and then, listen, I, I can go back through, but the main thing was we won a game where we were behind a bit, it was a struggle. We were up and down, and the guys all hung together. And you got to win this. I mean, you got to be able to do this. These are the, t- the playoff games. These are games you're going to need if you want to try to win a Super Bowl. Um, and uh, obviously, we want to be that, that high flying scoring every time we're out there on the field. Um, but I think with the schedule that we've played, we've won all different type of ways against a lot of great football teams. So uh, we show that we can do it in different ways. Um, but uh, we got to keep it going. We got to keep building, keep getting better offense, defense, special teams, uh, and try to prepare ourselves to go out there and win the AFC West. 
You can hear the excitement, the enthusiasm, but also they're exhausted. 91 snaps for the Kansas City offense, just 48 for the Titans, though they do rack up 172 rushing yards, and maybe Ryan Danahill makes a difference, but that's not the hand they were dealt. And this one, again, they come up short. I think we could have probably done a little bit more. Obviously, everybody could, but, you know, there's no moral victories. You know, while we come on the road, you know, that, that's the thing I want to make sure. Like, we, we've came over here to, to, to win. That, that's all we were thinking about doing. So, you know, I don't want to go down this road. Or like, is there more we could have done? Yeah, there's more that I could do. There's more that the coaches could do and the players and, oh, until yeah. we can win. We'll keep fighting um, and we'll get back to work. And that's what I love. I love the resiliency. I love our, our players. And we've asked them to, you know, try to upgrade our standards. And how we prepare, we've asked them to, to understand that they got a power to choose how we respond. And, um, you know, that'll give us a good opportunity to do that this week. The Tennessee Titans are still far and away the best team in the AFC South. But this ends their five-game win streak, and they desperately need their quarterback to return. Meanwhile, Derrick Henry, a huge performance, but maybe worn out at the end of the game. All right, we'll ask a lot of the pertinent questions, plus the atmosphere at Arrowhead. Uh, it was amazing Sunday night football. I love this kind of stuff, the tension, the drama. And Josh Klingler will join us next from Kansas City. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours podcast. Mahomes stepping up. He's going to scramble 15. He's at the 10, cuts back inside the five. Mahomes rolls into the end zone. Touchdown! Kansas City, a 14-yard scramble for a touchdown. Mahomes kept this drive alive with a 20-yard scramble, and now he gives the Chiefs a chance to maybe tie it on a two-point conversion. Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence. Oh, they tied it all right, Mitch Holtis, on Chiefs Radio. Not only did they get multiple attempts to get in on the two-point conversion, it was Mahomes with yet another scramble who finds the corner and the angle and then on into overtime. A field goal plus a huge defensive stop, and the Chiefs get the best of the Titans on Sunday Night Football. It was quite a battle, though. It's going to take a toll. Those guys are going to be battered and bruised over the next few days. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're so pleased to welcome to the show Chief Sideline reporter Josh Klingler, who's there on the radio network along with Mitch as well as Danon Hughes. And the atmosphere inside the stadium, Josh, a wild emotional swing. I can only imagine what was it like at this game that really transformed and took on multiple personalities from the fourth quarter into overtime. Yeah, it was, you know, there were some nervous moments in the stadium tonight. There's no doubt about it because it got kind of quiet for a while and everyone's kind of figure out what is going on here. The offense wasn't doing much. Um, uh, the Titans were playing Titans like football. I mean, that was a, that was a Titans like pace and everything that they wanted to have happen. That's how they have won games. That is their recipe for, for victories, and, and certainly they had the, the Chiefs probably right where they wanted them in that, in that vein. So, yeah, the stadium was a little bit nervous for a while. Um, I think uh, a couple of big sacks kind of late got them going again, and then I don't have to harken back too far to remember a, a coin flip that went the Chiefs' direction. So I think <laughs> people are pretty confident when the, when the coin flipped in that direction, but they had to put the defense out one more time. The story was really 
uh, the defense in this game for yes. the uh, for the Chiefs as much as anything. I mean, they they they're the ones that kind of fuel the comebacks. Always go to Mahomes' um, ledger, but uh, more often than not, it's because the defense has done something to kind of put its foot in the ground and allow the offense to 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 make those comebacks. And that was again the story tonight defensively. Right. No points in the fourth quarter or overtime for the Titans and only a field goal in the third quarter. So really those two Derrick Henry touchdown drives were their offensive explosion. Just out of curiosity, were you surprised to see him on the bench so much toward the end of the game? Yeah, you kind of wonder what the toll it's taking. But yeah, I think once they got into the kind of pass, it's hard to say passing situations with Malik Willis because right. it didn't look like they wanted to do a whole lot of that. But uh, when that was the case, it looked like they were lining him up a little bit more to, to have the, the passing back Hilliard uh, in the mix. But, yeah, you expect to see 22 on the field at any and all times. But, I mean, at some point in time, they gotta they got to have a pitch count for the poor guy, right? I mean, they're asking an awful lot of, uh, of Derrick Henry in these games right now, especially with, with uh, Ryan Tannehill uh, not available just yet. But, yeah, a little bit of surprise that he's out a little bit late. And then, uh, boy, I think the Chiefs kind of probably took advantage of a young quarterback too late in the, mm. late in the game, especially in overtime. Um, I think uh, Malik Willis probably got some, some learning lessons in getting rid of the football. But uh, uh, credit Mahomes and his feet as much as anything tonight. Uh, the the 58, 58 attempts is, is probably a lot. No one wants to see him throw that much. But I thought his ability to run the football, that's where he has decimated the Titans on a couple of occasions now. But um, he really kind of takes the dagger to you when he's not – only throwing it with his arm, but he's using his feet, and he used his feet pretty well tonight. So nearly 450 yards passing, as you say, a career high in attempts, and then also has a half dozen carries <laughs> where he's scrambling for his life. But let's talk about first the third and 17, where he converts by juking all over the field, and then, of course, the touchdown. What was your perspective as the sideline reporter, Josh? Yeah, is it, is it bad where I'm going, yeah, he had 450 yards passing, big deal. It was the 20-yard uh, <laughs> run. And the uh, the two point conversion for the run that really impressed me. That's the kinds of things Patrick Mahomes does to us on a, on a weekly basis, where you kind of see some of the superlatives and you kind of roll your eyes uh, because yeah, I expected to throw for 450. It's when he's he's running all over the field. I mean, there were times where uh, he had to the 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 front of the Titans I thought was outstanding tonight. Uh, their their front getting after the Chiefs offensive line didn't give him a lot of time to throw the football, and he's just really really smart when he takes off and runs and you know, finds those situations. He'll extend the play with his feet, certainly, but when he sees those avenues to go and run, those are those devastating plays. And he did that on a couple of occasions tonight. Certainly the 20-yard the run and then the, the third attempt at a two-point conversion, uh, which he finally uh, ran it into the end zone, just kind of showcases how, how special he is. You just, you just kind of shake your head at all the stuff <laughs> he can do, not only with the arm, but just, uh, just the football smarts in general. Mm, Josh Klingler is the sideline reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network. He works with Mitch Holtis, Dana Hughes, who've both been on the show before. We're happy to have him after Sunday night football it's after hours with amy lawrence on cbs sports radio he obviously tries to spread the ball around but it's been a bit of a revolving door of receivers not only were there the departures in the offseason but a couple of new additions as well what have you seen with the receiving core trying to all come together and find that rhythm yeah i'm trying to look what was it 11 different pass catchers yeah. tonight it's just unbelievable and it's almost like there's a checklist at times like uh, going to do this, going to do that, try to get this guy involved. Tonight it was try to get Kadarius Tony involved, right, especially early in the game, their new acquisition. Uh, uh, Noah Gray has a big catch, the uh, second and sometimes third tight end. 
Um, it's been a little bit by committee. Travis Kelsey's going to get his, and he did again tonight. He does a lot of the dirty work. Juju Smith-Schuster is the one that, that's really come on, Amy. I think, I think he's been really the, the key to this the last uh, few weeks. His, his ability to find the middle of the field, he just looks more and more that you see him in this offense. Like, boy, it, it makes sense. He fits really, really well in this offense. He's only here under a one-year deal. Um, and we know the wide receiver market's gotten kind of crazy. So without getting too forward thinking, he's a guy I'd love to see back in a Chiefs uniform. I don't think I'd be able to afford it, but he fits so well <laughs> in this offense. And then Patrick Mahomes just, yeah, he's just going to spread the football around. Like whoever's available, whoever's there, second and third options, you know, they have stuff going to the right side. Well, that's, that's bottled up. I'll try to throw it to the left. He just does a, a really good job of kind of spreading the football around. They didn't run much at all tonight, obviously, but, uh, but you know, finding the backs out of the backfield has been something that's kind of been an evolving part of this offense, too. I don't even think they've hit their ceiling you know, offensively this year in a game. San Francisco may have been the prettiest one. Tonight had big numbers. It wasn't always the, uh, the prettiest offense, but uh, these are penthouse problems for, for most NFL teams. <laughs> As you say, they run for 77 yards collectively, but Patrick Mahomes has 63 of those. So really, right. uh, he does a lot of the dirty work on broken plays where he's able to find some seams. You mentioned Travis Kelsey. He's obviously the go-to, the security blanket, uh, but certainly he draws a lot of attention. I'm always so impressed with how he knows what's going on with Mahomes and knows where to go. He's tough and he's physical and he's so hard to keep track of. Yeah, he looked beaten tonight. I mean, the last drive where they scored the, uh, the field goal in overtime, he came over uh, near me on the sidelines, just went down on one knee and just let out a big sigh. And he, he was dirty from head to toe. His uniform was ripped. <laughs> oh. It just looked like he'd, he'd, just, he'd just given like everything. Like, you know, they couldn't have asked him to probably go out for one more possession. But, no, he's just willing to do kind of anything and everything. He actually had a couple drops tonight, which are kind of surprising as well. So, I mean, he's – He's uh, he's Mr. Available. He's got a he's got the best, obviously, kind of uh, ESP relationship with Patrick Mahomes. And so um, if, if there's trouble, he's often looking for 87 and then his ability to continue to make mismatches. I mean, we we were spoiled here with Tony Gonzalez for a lot of years. Right. And and, and I, I really thought it'd be tough to supplant Tony uh, in the in the in the tight end department. And Travis Kelsey is, is, has done that. He is just a, an unbelievable, I say, pass catcher. Uh, as much as anything. He's their number one threat. And when everybody was worried about who would be the number one guy, well, there's Travis Kelsey. So <laughs> he just doesn't happen to have a WR by his, uh, by his uh, roster, but, but he's indeed the, the number one target and uh, was again tonight. I think tied uh, Rob Gronkowski for hundred yard gains uh, tonight as well. So um, yeah, he's Mr. Available whenever you need him. He definitely got angry at himself when that ball yeah. went through his fingers and got intercepted in the first half. Yeah, he to tossed his helmet, I think, on the sidelines, too. They were, there was some frustration offensively tonight, uh, no doubt about it, because they, they looked like, you know, coming out of the shoot, they, they had the ball for, you know, eight, eight, eight minutes, minutes or yeah. something right, <laughs> right from the jump and didn't get a touchdown. And, and that's, you know, that's not exactly the – they don't operate in getting threes with this offense. You know, they get a little bit greedy, so – and then it, uh, you know, they kind of stalled quite a few times from there. And so, yeah, there was some frustration offensively for a, a while. And again, I'll credit the defense for keeping this team in this game so that the offense could, could finally get clicking late. Josh Klingler is with us from Arrowhead Stadium, where the Chiefs eke out an overtime win against the Titans, two of the best teams in the AFC doing battle, and it certainly was a battle. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. How would you evaluate the offensive line to this point in the season? Well, I think that that has been at times uh, a little bit of a problem. It's a really – I feel like they played great defensive ends just about every week, and so there's just no letdown. There's no 
uh, time to breathe. But uh, Orlando Brown, who's under the uh, the franchise tag, was a guy that you know wanted to get top end uh, left tackle money. Um, I can't say that that looks like that that's been the case thus far this season. The two tackles have been picked on quite a bit. Andrew Wiley had some uh, some moments tonight, and they've they've tried to scheme some things as well to to help out the tackles. And again, it's probably. I, I feel like the Chiefs live in like the high rent district again in terms of what their problems are compared to a lot of other teams. <laughs> but but yeah, it's been the focus of some concern among Chiefs fans for sure that can the tackles uh, hold up and 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 uh, protect the quarterback because obviously you want to do everything you can to keep uh, 15 upright and healthy. So um, probably not the the greatest overall grade. They've responded in certain moments, but but that's a spot that they can can stand to get better, especially at the tackles. But even on the inside tonight, uh, that, I, that Titans defensive line was really, really good and really, really physical. And they made a they made a long night for the uh, the Chiefs guys up front. Officially four sacks and another eight QB hits of Mahomes by that Titans defense. All right, Josh. Then what is going on with Harrison Butker? Because it seems like he is all out of sorts right now. Is he still hurt? Well, no. It's just I don't know. I don't, it almost feels like the uh, the extra points are like a mental, like a like the yips or something because. Um, you feel pretty good about him from distance. And he had, you know, a 60-plus yard field goal a few weeks ago. And then when he was hurt, he had that kind of uh, one-step golf club swing. He knocked a 50-something yard field goal. (laughs) You feel great about him from, like, 50 on out. It's the extra points that get everybody, like, freaked out. And it's almost like that there's there's something going on mentally. Um, They battled it again tonight, and you're just not exactly sure – um, you know, there's not a lot of kickers. I don't think that you feel like, okay, uh, I trust them from 50 yards or more. I just <laughs> get nervous when it's extra point distance or, or a little bit further out, but yeah, you can't leave those points out there. Those are game winning points. You can't have happen. I, they trust him. They, they believe in him. Certainly when they had the injury and they had a couple of kind of rent the kickers in for a couple of weeks it was not good mm. uh so but he's got to be more consistent certainly from the extra point perspective all right josh before i let you go what's your impression of this supposed new look afc west through the first half not as uh as top uh heavy as we thought certainly and uh you know the chargers are finding a way so they're still very much in the mix uh, despite the fact that they haven't been all that impressive, I don't think they played the Chiefs really well in their head-to-head meeting. But uh, I think they've become the kind of the, the escape artists that have done a really good job of finding their way out of games. They've dealt with a lot of injuries thus far, uh, and they're still in the rearview mirror for sure. The other two are not. Um, you know, Denver looks to be a, a complete uh, mess. Uh, the Raiders not any better either. So the Raiders have always played the Chiefs tough and then had problems with everybody else, and that seems to be the mo again for them this year. That they they get up for the uh, for the Chiefs games for sure and always make it a contest with the Chiefs, but having problems with everybody else. Uh, the Chargers still right there, and they certainly can say that they haven't played their best football yet. I think there's uh, quite a bit more distance than we thought was going to be the case when the season started. You can find Josh on Twitter at Josh Klingler, K-L-I-N-G-L-E-R. Not only is he the sideline reporter on the Chiefs radio network, but you can also catch him 6 to 10 Central Time on 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. Josh, great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes after Sunday Night Football. Anytime, Amy. Whoo, it was wild, it was wacky, and it definitely was worthy of the after-hours game of the week. But we've got others that could certainly have fit the bill. How about Bills and Jets? This is not your granddaddy's AFC East, (laughs) where it's the 
Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills right now who are on top of this division, and all of them have six wins. But, oh, wait, there's more. The Patriots have five wins. This is the only division in football. Are you ready? The only division in football where every team is above 500. That no longer includes the NFC East because the Commanders lost a gritty battle to the Vikings on Sunday. So, yes, Philadelphia, Dallas, New York have more wins collectively. Barely. It's only because Philly is 8-0 for the first time in team history. And right now, I suppose you'd have to say the Vikings are the second best team in football, right? If we're going by record, you are what your record says you are. Vikings, the only team in the NFL with seven wins. Eagles, the only team in the NFL with eight wins. Then you've got the Seahawks, ahem, the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cowboys. Giants and Cowboys off this weekend. But all three of those teams in the NFC are sitting on a half dozen wins. And then Buffalo, New York, Miami in the AFC East, and Patriots above 500 as well. It is going to be a juicy second half. The NFL never disappoints. But it wasn't the only thing happening this weekend. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.